This episode is sponsored by visitfortwayne.com. Are you ready to take your family history research to the next level? Consider planning a trip to the Genealogy Center at Allen County Public Library. Located in Fort Wayne, Indiana, the Genealogy Center is the second largest center in the nation and one of the best places to research family histories due to its free, extensive collection, services, and database access. The Genealogy Center has more than one million physical items, and the trained genealogists all have unique specialties and are available to help everyone find success for free. Use the services and materials at the Genealogy Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana to take your family history research to the next level. Plan your trip and book an appointment at visitfortwayne.com genealogy. Welcome to Family Tree Magazine's Best Websites Podcast. This is the podcast devoted to finding the best websites to help you with your genealogy research. I'm Lisa Louise Cook. When it comes to doing genealogical research and finding the records of your ancestors, there are two very important things that you need to know. The time frame that you're looking in and the location. Now, this is particularly important in German research because Germany's boundaries have changed many times over the centuries. Well, the Myers Gazetteer website is one of the best websites to help you maneuver the geography of Germany. And here to tell us all about it is expert German genealogist, James Beidler. Hi, my friend. Well, hello, Lisa. It's good to be back with you again. We're so glad to have you here. And, you know, I knew you would be the perfect person to kind of walk us through this best website. Um, So let's just start from the beginning and explain to folks, what is Myers Gazetteer? Okay, Myers Gazetteer is the leading geographical dictionary of place names of the old German Empire, the second German Empire that was in existence from 1871 to 1918, the end of World War One, And that was when uh, uh, Germany was at its greatest land extent. So it covers the most villages uh, applicable to German speaking, uh, people with German speaking ancestry. So we're looking at maps here, and when we go to um, MyersGaz.org, it looks pretty straightforward. How do we get started? I guess one of the first things we'll want to know is, do we need an account, and is this free or is there a subscription? Well, this is this is the good news. Uh, it's completely free. It's the product of a, a couple of uh, volunteers from Utah who spent some twenty years. One 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 guy who had the technical know how, and another dogged uh, volunteer who entered all the all the data. Uh, you know, from the original Myers Gazetteer, and they call it MyersGaz.org. Uh, you do have the option of creating an account. Um, and the the only import of that is you do have the option to uh, try to um, connect with other people who are interested in that particular village. Uh, so so that can be can be helpful to you. Very interesting. And I noticed uh, when I was reading kind of the about page that it looks like a lot of these maps that they're using interactively on the website come from David Rumsey. Is that right? I, I imagine it is on Rumsey. I mean, there 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 are two maps, and and first let me let me just back up a second. I mean, the nut the nut of 
the the original printed Myers Gazetteer is that it has all these entries. It has an entry for every place. I mean, hundreds of thousands of places. Uh, and there's a lot of great information in those. And the site uh, kind of decodes what they are because because the uh, they're written in a shorthand with with abbreviations that only a German could love. Oh, right. uh, inclu- including in- including including the fact that uh, whenever there is a period in a village's entry, uh, that essentially means a continuation. But when you have a, a semicolon, that's like a stop sign that 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 part of the entry stops, which is completely uh, well. In in Pennsylvania Dutch, we'd say hinterschwetzig, uh, <laughs> backwards from what we would what we would do in America. Uh, so these uh, um, entries on the villages, I mean, they give you where the civil registration office is, what the population is, uh, are are there is, where where's there a telephone in the town, where there are industries in the town, loads of information. On the Myers Gaz site is where the maps come into play. They hook it up to to a modern day map automatically, and then you can toggle to a historical map from the late 19th century. Uh, and that historical map is is important, and they, those may well be in in uh, in Rumsey, but. Yeah, this you got the access right here in Myers Gas, uh, mm-hmm. and and one of the imp- pieces of import of that is there's so many villages that are in the rings around large and medium sized German cities that now have been absorbed into neighborhoods of those larger cities today, but in the time that your German ancestors came. 19th century, 18th century; those were independent villages. So that, so that, um, uh, that historical map is especially useful uh, to the researcher. Am I correct that there's a lot of duplication of village names? I mean, I have a great grandmother that came from Grunwald, and I was shocked how many there were across <laughs> Germany. I was. Just- Good luck with that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The, well, the the uh, the, the uh, brilliant uh, Roger Miner, the retired BYU professor, uh, says the average that a German place name, the average number of times the German place name is used, is three. And then you have ones that are very common, like Neustadt or Grunwald, that are literally dozens of time towns that, times that they're used. And therefore, on the other other hand, you do have some unique names, but you got to count on it probably being duplicated. And it's always best if you can find, you know, a river it was nearby or a larger city it was nearby to determine which one it is. And a lot of times you'll get those in in American records. Uh, if not, you'll have to plod through through all of them, and and you may you may have to search several Gr- Grunwalds till you find the right one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So when we get to the website, um, I see a search box. And it looks mm-hmm. like they're kind of telling you just get right to it and start searching and that there might be uh, the ability to use wildcards. How do you first start your search when you get there? 
Yeah, yeah. There, there. I mean, it's it. The nut of it on the surface is very simple. You just you just type in uh, a place name and see what comes back. Now, the 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 problem that develops is so many times that's from an American record, probably in English, and it's very likely that it will be spelled differently in Germany than the record you've found in America. Oh. Uh, so, so I mean, you, you go with what you got unless it's very obvious, uh, you know, like, like uh, there's no SH in German. It's always SCH. You know, so if you have a, if you have a place name recorded in an American record that has an SH in it, automatically you make that into a, into an SCH. Uh, but other than that, type in what you have, see what it comes back with. If it comes back with nothing, then you do have the option to do a sound alike search. That would be your, that would be your, your next, next option. Truthfully, <laughs> I don't, I, I, I know for one of my books, I did find out what, what the particular phonetic, uh, you know, phonetic algorithm they use. I don't think it's real good <laughs> to be honest mm. with you, but it's a good, it's a good starting point. And then as you suggest, uh, if, uh, if that sound like does not generate anything useful, uh, then you can put in asterisks as wild cards for any number of letters. Uh, and, and this, uh, you know, this again can be very helpful to you. Uh, you know, not, not only with spelling variants, uh, but also you, as is typical in handwritten records that we're dealing with a lot of times, you know, part of the word will be crystal clear. And, and then it's like whoever was writing it, you know, got tired and just, and just <laughs> kind of scribbles the, the rest of it. Uh, so that's where you're going to put the asterisk in to, uh, to give it the, the wild card treatment. Excellent. And I, I noticed that when I did run a search, like for the town of Grunwald, which uh, there are definitely different ways to spell it, um, I got a ton of results, but I saw a filter. So rather than having to try to scroll, scroll, scroll down the page, it looks like that filter might be a great way to at least get an idea of which uh, areas there or provinces, what, what would they, how would they categorize them? And is that a good way to kind of filter down? It's by the states of the, Ger the Second German Empire. Bavaria or Preussen, Prussia, uh, Verdenberg. Uh, oh, yeah. So, that. so no, that's an excellent way to, uh, to narrow it down. And it, and it actually narrows it down since Prussia was so big. It'll, it'll let you narrow it down to a particular province of Prussia, like Brandenburg or West Prussia, uh, or, uh, Rhineland or something like that. If you, again, if you know, uh, which of those your, your Grunwald, uh, was in. So, we see lots of, as I think you alluded to, some of these um, variations and or like abbreviations uh, in, in a lot of the details. Is there a help guide somewhere on here that we can use to kind of navigate and, and figure out what all this is telling us? Yeah, they're they're. Uh it's highly abbreviated because they were they were trying to crunch this. I mean, it's still it's hundreds and well thousands of pages. The 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 originals. Uh, so on the right hand side, you'll see those abbreviations of the major things decoded. Where was the local court? Where was the mm -hmm. local military district where they would have had to report for the draft? Uh, where where uh, was the civil registry office where the births, marriages, and deaths? 
probably are still kept today. Uh, all all of those things, uh, you know. So so yeah, it does a does a good job of that. Uh, and then if I could go back to the to the maps for a moment. Uh, when you have the, the map called up in the upper right-hand corner, uh, in addition to toggle between the historical and modern-day maps, there are a bunch of checkboxes. Uh, and the most important of these regarding uh, the church parishes, which, you know, and especially, especially everybody's goal in German genealogy is to get beyond the earliest civil records and get to church records, because where is the civil records? By and large, in Germany, only started in the 1870s, with some earlier exceptions. The church records, in, in many cases, will go back to the 1500s. Uh, but to know which church records, uh, you need a parish name. And not every village had a parish. Uh, what Myers Gas will do for you, and it also has a, it has a whole other interface where it'll tell you how many kilometers away uh, the, the, the closest Protestant or Catholic parishes were. Uh, but on the map, it will give you little flags uh, that if you click on the, the Protestant, it'll show you, okay, there's none in that village, but there are ones in uh, these five villages around it. And you know, well, I, I call it the concentric circles method, where, you, where if you don't find somebody in the original village you're looking at, you go out five kilometers for all the parishes within there, 10 kilometers, all the parishes within there, and you just go on a search and destroy mission to try to uh, try to look at all those records. Right. I love how you can just toggle between the historical map and the modern day map. Um, yes. Gosh, it's it's a tremendous resource. It certainly would help us um, answer a lot of questions so we can try to get to the records. Any other best practices or tips that you have for helping people get the most out of this website? Yeah, just uh, just realize it is it really as one tool. It's often the first tool, but then there are other things. You're gonna have to have me back, Lisa, for other German tools too. But yes. uh, but you know it 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 it's it's your number one. Uh, you know for for just about everybody if you've got a place name to to feed into it. Excellent. Well, it's myersgaz.org, M-E-Y-E-R-S-G-A-Z.org. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. And Jim, thank you so much for helping us navigate really one of the most important websites I can think of in our German research. And where can we learn more about what you do and uh, what you're up to? Oh, well, you can, you know, I have my, my website, jamesmbeidler.com. Uh, and of course, I, what, I've written a, a weekly newspaper column called Roots and Branches for, I'm not even going to tell you how many years that's been. <laughs> it's been 1,300 weekly installments, I can tell you wow. that. And that's at roots-branches.com. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Lisa. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Family Tree Magazine's Best Websites Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode or learn more about all the other episodes we have available for you, visit FamilyTreeMagazine.com slash podcast. Also, while you're at the website, I would encourage you to sign up for our free email newsletter. It's the perfect way to stay in touch with everything we've got going on at Family Tree Magazine, including our other podcast, the Family Tree Magazine Podcast. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and you can find me at my website, genealogygems.com, where you'll find links to my podcast, the Genealogy Gems podcast, and the YouTube channel. Until next time, have fun climbing your family tree.